You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to a Cinematic Universe minisode, our first recording of Space Year 2020. Uh, our fifth year as well. We've gone into. Wait, hang on. Are we going? No, we'll 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 be going into our sixth year, won't we? So that's that's how years work. <laughs> I can't do maths at this time of night. <laughs> uh, yeah, not our first episode of the year because it took us a while to get out part two of the awards. If you haven't yet listened to the uh, the Cuppy Awards 2019, then then you know go and do so. Uh, but we are back with a minisode because there's been actual news and trailers and that kind of thing. Uh, so we've actually got some stuff to talk about, which is great. James, how are Hooray. you? How am I? Yes, I've realised uh, I didn't give you, you know, a chance to introduce yourself and say that it was you. <laughs> it is me, it's always me. Um, yeah. How am I? That's that's a deep question. Uh, I am praying for death every second, to be honest. But <laughs> I, I didn't do the proper intro, I didn't do bridge the gap between our awards uh, it's and fine. what no our one, next No one misses is. that stuff. No, but it's it's often where we actually because we don't like tend to pre-announce them anymore. It's often where we first say what we're actually going to be doing next. So, uh, are we leaving this in? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Let's let's crack on and talk about some news. Uh, let's start off by talking about some trailers because over the past week, we, uh, including today, we've had two trailers released for films that are coming out in 2020. Uh, one film that has got Jared Leto in it and one film that is determined to let us know <laughs> that it absolutely that does hasn't. not have Jared Leto <laughs> in it. <laughs> um, so let's start with the good one. Um, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. It had had a trailer already that that, that made it look pretty fun. Um, it's now had a second trailer, which um, I don't know about you, but this has made me really keen on this film, actually. Yeah, it's usually the thing, isn't it? Like, sometimes you get you get like one trailer which is to appeal to people who like normal films and then you get uh, a second better trailer which is to appeal to people who like interesting films <laughs> and this yeah. one this one is definitely the hey look we're doing something sort of original with a tone and and you know ideas in this one yeah whereas before I was just like here's your latest superhero film it's got Harley Quinn in it mm. they did it the other way around with Guardians actually but um, yeah. <laughs> this one True. yeah this time I'm really happy with it. We should exercise a note of caution because we've been here before with a DC <laughs> movie with Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn in it that had a quite entertaining trailer. I think you can see, though, from this that this film knows what it's all about, knows what it's doing, and maybe more importantly knows what it isn't doing. Um, 
and there is already, I think, a confidence about it. Uh, I think it's got a good look. I think the action looks really good. Uh, this trailer hasn't told us much about the other characters, but I think it's told us a little bit more about some of them, by which I mean mainly uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress. I think it's sort of given us a bit of a more intriguing look at her. Um, and that line about her having killed somebody relevant to Black Mask is quite interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, what 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 kind of jumped out to you from this? Ooh, you know what? It was, it was the sort of dance number that made me go, mm. oh, this is a bit tank girl, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I wondered which of us was going to say first. It is a bit tank girl. This trailer makes this yeah. film look a bit tank girl, doesn't it? And just generally... Right? And I'm completely here for it. Yeah, like how she is throughout the trailer. Like, it, it, it is a very tank girly kind of performance. And I guess she was a bit like that in Suicide Squad, but I think this is yeah. kind of cutting loose with that personality a bit more um and you know i mean obviously the whole thing is gonna hinge around her and her performance and the way that she plays that character um but you know that's that's not really a bad thing is it because i think it instantly you know it's instantly lively and fun so Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah um i just i i quite like the aesthetic of the trailer like there was a lot of um it's a it's a very Harley Quinnish movie by the look of it. Like lots of different outfits, lots of colours. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed. It, I enjoyed looks, the, it looks fun. The colour in the in the explosion of the chemical plants was you know, and again, sort of yeah. you know, I think that was something that kind of from from like the posters and the trailer and stuff. Suicide Squad l- tried to make itself look like it was going to be like that. And then actually the film that came out was like much more of a sludge. It sort of didn't really have that colour that that it felt like it was going to. Um, so hopefully this won't go that way. I mean, it is, aside from the fact that it's got Harley Quinn in it, I think it's, you know, it's almost entirely different people involved in making this. So <laughs> David Ayer is absolutely nowhere near it. So that's got to be a good sign. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, actually, that this is notionally set in the dceu but also like does the dceu still exist sort of i guess but i mean there is that it's coherent at this point it's funny when you get like i mean you know in much the same way as shazam you know gave us the the superman reference when we know we're never going to actually see that superman again similarly this trailer having the little gag about her naming the hyena bruce after that wayne guy and it's like (laughs) yeah we're never going to see bruce wayne in one of these films again i mean i guess i guess the batman is ostensibly set in the earlier days of the dceu um the idea that robert pattinson grows up to become ben affleck is (laughs) (laughs) strange and jarring um but i guess technically and i wonder if like if they do want to give us a batman which they kind of have to do if they're gonna keep doing stuff setting gotham maybe we'll get a bit of a fudge and maybe we'll you know if this film does well and if this they decide they want to carry on doing kind of gothamy stuff around these characters you know they might i think you could gently sidle the robert pattinson batman assuming that that does well and he still wants to do it you could maybe shunt him into these in some way just as kind of an <laughs> think, older version yeah i think much like the uh dc comics it's probably best yeah. not to play too much attention like no. yeah it's suicide squad and that's batman like don't don't worry yeah. about it 
Um, but yeah, so we, we we get kind of in this, as I say, kind of a little bit more of, uh, particularly I think of Mary Elizabeth Winstead, like being very Mary Elizabeth Winsteady in her couple of lines of delivery in this. Um, it's it's definitely I think a kind of a different take on Huntress from what we've seen before, but. Huntress, I've always found to be a staggeringly uninteresting character anyway. The problem with Huntress, and just to go into a little bit of, hey, let's explain some DC characters, if you don't know, is that originally who she was was the daughter of Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle from Earth 2. So the versions of Batman and Catwoman that were allowed to get old uh, had a daughter, and that was Helena Wayne, and she was the Huntress. And then crisis happens, and obviously you can't do that anymore. So she becomes an unconnected character called Helena Bertinelli, who is like a, a mob-connected person who then sort of strikes out as a vigilante in Gotham. And like her shtick is basically, she's like if Batman was willing to be more violent. That's like pretty much what's it. It's like she she's the vigilante in Gotham who Batman doesn't tend to take under his wing so often because she's a bit extreme for him. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And I think she's, I think, I'm trying to think if she's kind of had on and off stuff with, with Dick Grayson at some point. She probably has. Most people have at some point. So uh, he, he gets <laughs> Most around. Have, yeah. He does. Fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think, I, I think, you know, I, I've in terms of the characters that are in this that I liked going in, um, Black Canary is probably the existing character out of the Birds of Prey who I like the most and kind of have the most history of reading. I don't think we've really got a handle on what she's like in this film yet. So at the moment, I think Huntress looks like the more interesting one. Um, the other thing that's fun is, um, like, I think I wondered after the first trailer are we actually going to get Ewan McGregor's black mask wearing his actual mask, or is that going to be like an end-of-the-film kind of thing? But we see him putting it on multiple times in this trailer, so that's <laughs> yep. quite nice. I still suspect that the film will probably end with like an accident happening and he gets it like permanently seared to his face. I, w- I would not be surprised if, if that's what happens. It's a classic comic um, book trope. It is, although that does mean that then you're putting Ewan McGregor's face behind a mask for an entire film, and, and you know, who, who would want to do that? Uh, but he just he looks like he's enjoying himself in this, and I think if we're, if we're getting a quite over-the-top, campy villain performance from Ewan McGregor in this, I think that will be good. It can only be a good thing. Well, that sounded sarcastic, but but I, I mean it sincerely. No, no, I mean it sincerely. I just I sound sarcastic because you know, <laughs> dead inside because of who you are. <laughs> and you know, it sort of does the trailer thing of um, uh, having a popular song on it. But I think it's one of those where actually the choice is quite apt. Um, so it's just it's just nicely put together and slick. And um, as I say, you know, I think does sort of does do a a good job of of selling it. Is there anything yeah, else this film is reflective. If the film is reflective of the, sorry, if the trailer is reflective of the film, I'm a lot more interested in this than I was before I saw it. Yeah, no, I, th- I think so. And, I, and I, I already kind of had a sort of cautiously optimistic feeling towards this, um, but yeah, I think I think each time we've seen more of it has has nudged that upwards more. So. Um, so that's out in February, so quite well-timed for uh, when Margot Robbie sweeps up at the Oscars. 
Um, and yeah, good. it will be quite soon that we'll actually be covering that film. So you can look forward to that in a few weeks. Apparently, the UK release date is the seventh of February. That's really soon. Okay, and that's that's sooner than I guess. Thought. We'll have to cover it soon. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we should. I suppose it's technically what this podcast is about. Also, we haven't got very many good films left to cover, so I kind of really hope that this is one. <laughs> Yep. You might see a recurring theme in, in 2020, including what we're planning to start the year with. Um, but speaking of covering bad films in 2020, uh, just today as we record this, so we're recording this on, on Monday, um, we got the our first look at the man who won't go away, Jared Leto, in his next major comic book movie role, the next film in the <sighs> Sony Spider-Verse, whatever, whatever it's been referred to as, um, I'm really trying to sound enthusiastic about this, but <laughs> it's Morbius. The Sony distended universe. So we got our first look at Morbius. Um, James, just in case anyone needs a recap, explain who and what Morbius actually is. Because there's a lot of vampires running mm. around in comics. Morbius so what's, what's is... What's Morbius' yeah. deal? Morbius uh, was a scientist called Michael Morbius who had a rare blood disorder or some nonsense, uh, did experiments on himself using bat DNA and turned himself accidentally into a vampire. That That is literally it. How does bat DNA turn you into a vampire? Because bats aren't vampires. Bats are bats. Experimenting with bat DNA should turn you into man-bat. That's, that's what happened to Dr. Kirk Langstrom. No, that, that is the wrong universe. <laughs> Here in the Marvel Universe, you turn into a living vampire. So you turn into a living vampire just by combining your DNA with the DNA of a bat. Well, you have to have Michael Morbius's special serum or some bollocks. I mean, right, it's not okay. like magic. That would be ridiculous. The other thing I love about Morbius is that his code name is just his name. Well, if you were a vampire and your name was Morbius, you'd be like, yeah, Morbius. You know, it's morbid. Morbidious. That's, well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's a word that sounds like it means something because it sounds a bit like morbid, but it's it, it's not actually, doesn't actually mean anything. Just a, no, just a I mean, name. let's start with the good stuff about the trailer, right? Yes, I'm, so, yeah, I'm is, glad that you in fairness, some. in fairness to Morbius, right? This is quite a comics accurate version of Morbius. Mm-hmm. The problem is, the comics accurate version of Morbius is a load of hack bullshit. To be completely <laughs> fair, like it is the most boilerplate, like tossed off in thirty seconds vampire origin story i just i'm i'm struggling to see what is remotely interesting about it that they thought oh yeah this would make a good film i think the trailer does not assuage any of those doubts uh, yeah i I think just to sort of right there is possibly a danger that we could be accused of being like aggressively cynical about this film as we have been in the past um and I think you know, and and that it could be said that just oh, we're we're primed to not like it because it's another film that looks like Venom looked back when the Venom trailers came out. It's it's one of these weird halfway house Sony films, and we don't trust Sony to do Spider-Man films that aren't part of the MCU, and we really, <laughs> really, really don't like Jared Leto. So, like, kind of those things are true, but. That wouldn't stop me from if I watched this trailer and thought, oh, wow, that looks really interesting. And actually, also, I'm quite keen to see this film just because some of it was shot literally outside my office. So I want (laughs) to see which bits are recognisably streets in Manchester. Um, 
but yeah, I think it, you know, I I still wanted to kind of watch, you know, and I was kind of I was keen to see, you know, potentially what the character looks like. Unfortunately, the leaked screen grab um, that was doing the rounds a couple of days ago, like, is literally the only shot of him yeah. in, in vampire form in the trailer. So so we didn't even get that. But you know, I I would I be mean... prepared to go in and look for okay, what's actually going to be interesting about this film is it going to do something that's going to surprise us but from this yeah if you already know what the setup of morbius is this just looks like it's doing that and it's yeah. not that there's anything like, wrong I, in a comic book film doing that but in this instance it's not interesting enough for that to be all it does yeah it looks like they've made a morbius origin movie which is probably what they were trying to do it's just yeah. that morbius's origin is not spider-man's origin or superman's Mm. origin it was not designed to carry the weight of this narrative and like sure they might have found some way of you know making it more interesting it's not outside the realm of possibility that they found an angle and a theme that they can hang some good ideas off Mm. as it is it just looks like every sort of crappy superhero origin movie we got in the early noughties yeah I don't see what they're doing that will make it stand alongside the kind of amazing stuff we have now. Mm. (laughs) Like, it it looks no more complicated than Ghost Rider, but it lacks the... The sort of relatable aspect of Ghost Rider. Ghost Ghost Rider is probably a good comparison point, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like the... You know, the heart of Ghost Rider is... Would you make a deal with the devil to save your life? Mm. What's this? Like, would you inject yourself with bat DNA to save your life? Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I do like that. I was just looking up because I was I was looking up kind of what cast listing there was on Wikipedia and the and the quote from that's in the Wikipedia article describing the premise from the Sony Pictures press release <laughs> describes Morbius as one of Marvel's most compelling and conflicted characters. <laughs> And I don't understand why that doesn't have a citation needed on it on Wikipedia. I mean, if I because was... he really, I mean, Marvel has a lot of compelling and conflicted characters. It's kind of pretty much Marvel's whole deal. And uh, I would not put him in probably the top 30. <laughs> I would describe him as one of Marvel's characters. <laughs> yeah. Charitably. I mean, you like could one call of Marvel's conflicted. designs almost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, seriously, Morbius is one of those characters who I've... So, I, like many people, I was introduced to him in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. I've owned Morbius comics. I've read a lot of comics with Morbius in when Dan Slott was writing them. I would struggle to give you two qualities that count as personality traits for Morbius. Because he's just not that interesting a character. He doesn't even really have the blade thing of like being a vampire who fights other vampires yeah no he's a vampire he's just a vampire who who doesn't want to be a vampire the thing is he doesn't even not want to be a vampire most of the time like usually he's a vampire who is fine with being a vampire like that's not a conflict it's not like (laughs) there's no tragedy it's not like he's angel yeah it's just like yeah i'm a vampire didn't mean to be but i am Hmm. okay fine um, we get glimpses of, in this trailer of cast members showing up in it. I, I didn't know that Jared Harris was in it. I was quite amused that this film has got the two prominent Jareds in it. 
Um, I really like Jared Harris, by which I mean um, that um, Lane Lane Price it was like my favourite character on Mad Men. Um, while he has been doing some excellent work in TV things in the last few years, Jared Harris is not always great at picking films. So while he's a really good actor, I'm not <laughs> sure that him being in this is necessarily a mark of quality. I could say exactly the same things about Matt Smith. Uh, again, I absolutely love Matt Smith, obviously. Um, I, I, I feel like he is not very good at picking which major blockbusters he decides to go in. Uh, apparently, uh, he one of the reasons he joined the film was that he was encouraged by Karen Gillan. And I think that's just because Karen Gillan wants to remain the most box <laughs> the office most successful, successful actor to come out of that era of Doctor Who. Um, because I don't think Matt Smith is going to be troubling that list anytime soon. No idea what he's actually doing in this film from that trailer there's just a shot of him looking quite like the doctor <laughs> like he's, he's wearing yeah. a tie quite like um, Smith. Yeah. so probably the most interesting bit of cast slash character information we get from it is the little sting at the very end which confirms to us that Michael Keaton is returning as Adrian to- well he's not called Adrian Toomes is he in the films uh, because then that would have is given the game away with Liz or is he is he still called Adrian Toomes and they've just got no, different yeah, he surnames is. they just they didn't mention it at first it just yeah. turns out she's got a different, yeah. different surname yeah um, but yes so um, we have mixed reactions to this because my reaction is well here's Michael Keaton who I love playing a character that I really enjoyed him playing in Spider-Man Homecoming I'm delighted to see him pop up um you seem to think that more that him being in this <laughs> drags that character down yeah I just think it it taints um taints the MCU by association <laughs> um <laughs> And it makes me really desperately worried that they're going to be doing Sinister Six, which is like, do you remember when they announced Venom and you described Sony as being like an addict who's finally got clean, like an alcoholic (laughs) who's sober, uh, who after collecting their like, you know, one month chip or whatever, crosses the street and walks straight into the nearest pub. pub. And that's exactly what this feels like. They've gone, okay, how can we really like screw this up? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I don't think that necessarily putting those characters together eventually and doing a Sinister Six is a necessarily a bad idea. I think doing it in films that won't have Spider-Man in is... <laughs> um, and yeah, the fact that, you know, this is this is exactly the hubris that undid them last time when they decided, okay, right, we've had a film that's a hit, now we're going to go and set up all of this stuff. And it really is kind of, yeah, running before they can walk, I think. Uh, Venom is definitely something to build on. Um, I find it interesting that rather than starting out with this by explicitly putting it in the same universe as Venom, they're going straight for explicitly putting it in the same universe as Spider-Man. Like, it feels to me the more natural thing to do would be to establish a link between Morbius and Venom and then if that takes and these films take, then you move them towards Spider-Man. Um, but as it is, making a connection between Spider-Man and Morbius, if Morbius doesn't go well, does that damage the prospect of bringing Venom over by association? I don't know. I think one way or another, it's all going to link up now. Mm. You know, it's too late. They've they've put it in the trailer. It's happening. Um 
I suspect this scene has been added very late, though, when you consider that around the time that this film was shooting, um, Spider-Man was not going to be a part of the MCU going forwards. Um, but then again, I suppose the Vulture... No, they could have just carried on. They could have carried on using... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think... he, he just couldn't have made reference to Tony Stark anymore. But, uh, you know, his, his whole raison d'etre would have gone. But I suppose they could have carried on using the character. But I think, I think though, that is the key thing. It's not just that this connects it to the Spider-Man films. It's that it, therefore, by association, connects it to the MCU as well. Yeah. And so, in a way, you can only imagine... Marvel have got some eye on making like Marvel Studios have got some eye on making this not terrible mm. whether that's having five years a consultant or something I don't know like you have to imagine Marvel isn't going to let Sony leech off their brand unless you know there's something protecting them mm. I mean at the very least right Morbius is a character who has a lot in common with Spider-Man as a Spider-Man villain. Mm. Like he he's a sort of science-based freak accident character with an animal theme. That's that's a classic <laughs> Spider-Man villain. Mm. So at least if they are connecting it all up and we do get a Sinister Six movie where, you know, Tom Holland fights the Sinister Six, reasonable choice for it to be for Morbius to be one of them. Not sure I'm that hot on the idea of taking six films or whatever to introduce them, but, you know. I think part of the thing with this trailer, and actually, you know, it is interesting to compare it to the Birds of Prey one that we were just talking about, because I think, I think well, the Birds of Prey trailer, I think, shows us a couple of things, which is that it, it shows us, like, a, a, a style and a look that the film has. And it also, it shows us what the film is about because it introduces us to the characters and it shows us who the baddie is and it sets up why they're in opposition to the baddie and it goes, okay, there's your plot, basically. This Mm -hmm. doesn't really do that beyond the fact that it tells us who Morbius is and it tells us that the film is going to be about him effectively becoming this living vampire. But this all feel everything that it shows us feels very first acty in that, you know, I don't know what the conflict's going to be. I don't know what the yeah. story's going to be. Uh, you know, but no, just just looking back at the shot of Matt Smith in it, he looks a bit sinister. So, like, is he is he going to be a baddie? Maybe. Um, I, you know, as I say, I I don't believe that Michael Keaton's Vulture is going to be a major part of this. I, I I think that scene has been put there for the trailer and and to get people talking about it. And hey, it's worked. Like my, as I look at Twitter right now, Michael Keaton's name is still trending on Twitter. <laughs> Morbius trendy, yeah. is not trending on Twitter, but Michael Keaton and Vulture are trending on Twitter, which I think tells you a lot. Uh, it tells you that people um, yeah, wouldn't about be talking are about for. this trailer a few hours after it came out, if not for that. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm, I, I would expect that this is, if not a post-credits scene, something late on, and that I doubt he's got many more lines of dialogue than he has in this trailer. Um, so yeah, it, it does feel a little bit where's the rest of the film and I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating for trailers to just suddenly start showing us everything. But <laughs> suddenly. But I do think, I mean, you know, and again, you talk, you, you you said just before about, you know, your first trailer is to sort of to sell it to people who have zero awareness. And I suppose what this trailer does is it says, this is who Morbius is. Mm-hmm. But we know who Morbius is. So all this film does is tell us, tell it tells us that this film's Morbius is going to be the Morbius that we know about. And it doesn't do anything else to hook in 
the five or six people who might already have a pre-existing interest in the character. <laughs> Um, which, you know, um, by virtue of the fact that it's five or six people, it probably doesn't really have an obligation to do. But I just, I was just looking at, and again, maybe it's just that I just do have a bit of a kind of natural dislike of Jared Leto these days, but I'm just looking at him in the trailer and I'm just thinking, I'm already tired of this performance. <laughs> when he, like, when he like just, hobbles in and I'm just like, yeah, and I'm just like, oh, okay. So it's like, so your Joker didn't work out. And now, obviously, you've had Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, and it's like, is is this the thing now? Are we going to get these like just horribly mannered, excessive performances from these actors who like think that they're and I like Joaquin Phoenix, but who think that they're kind of more important and more of like an artist than they are? I say I am talking more about Jared Leto than Joaquin Phoenix. And hey, Jared Leto is is an Oscar winner, but. Uh, as the uh, trailer and publicity sees fit to remind us. But, yeah, it's just... It's not exciting. It's not anything that I didn't expect from it. Um, yeah. And I think they actually might have been better served giving us a better look at the character design in order to give us something else to talk about. <laughs> yeah, again, it's a very accurate version of Morbius. Yeah, like, I mean, it's recognisably Morbius. Just... They've done the eyes, they've done the teeth. You know, yeah. that's... Uh, I'd actually... I think I'd have a bit more faith in the film if they were, if they showed us a bit more of a proper shot of him, especially if he was actually wearing a silly costume. Uh, a silly costume would actually make me more kindly disposed towards this film. Um, oh, I'll tell you what. I've just, <laughs> literally, I was just skimming through the trailer and I've just seen one other interesting thing about this that I hadn't noticed before, which is that there is a shot of him running, of him going down an alley, and on the alley there is a painting of Spider-Man on a wall, and someone has daubed over it in graffiti the word murderer. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in continuity with the MCU, then yeah, uh, th- this film better not be where that plot thread gets picked up first. Oh God, that better us. just be a little background detail. I'm sure it is you. just a little background detail, but. Um, that's you know that's a marginally interesting thing about this trailer. Yeah, just every fiber of me wants this film to not exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a fun ride when we come to cover it. Oh, God, um, that one is due out uh, in the US in July. I'm not sure about the UK, so we've got a few months to wait for that one. But can't wait. <laughs> Great. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So that's it for the trailers. Um, some other bits of news and things that have been happening. Again, relevant on Monday. Um, as Just as we record this, the Oscar nominations came out this afternoon. Uh, so we have to extend our heartiest congratulations to Avengers Endgame for its nomination for Best Visual Effects. Uh, and that's about all we need to talk about in terms of comic book movies at the Oscars this year. <laughs> uh, I, I, I am kidding, of course. Uh, we should, of course, also congratulate Martin Scorsese for his Best Director nomination for Joker. <laughs> it's weird how divisive Joker's been, isn't it? It is, rather. People, yeah. <laughs> Some people love it. Other people don't love it. And it's become one of those where the people who love it like really like to rub in the face the people who don't like it. Like, ha, 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 you don't like this, but look, it's getting all these nominations. And it's like, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but that happens quite a lot. There's a lot of films that get Oscar nominations that I don't particularly like. You know, Green Book won Best Picture last year. Um, yeah. I don't remember being particularly fond of Dances with Wolves. You know, <laughs> uh, don't don't let Simon Brew hear that. Um you know, it's it's like it's it's not it's not a poke in the eye for those of us who didn't enjoy Joker that there are also people who enjoy it. You know, uh, but there are and certainly a lot of people in the Academy enjoyed it because it's got eleven nominations. It's actually got the most nominations of anything. <laughs> yeah, just, um, just I I don't see it. I just don't see it. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's, it's. It's funny looking at the list. Actually, that kind of at the top of the list, you've got you've got Joker, which is Todd Phillips's Martin Scorsese homage about the Joker. You've got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino with ten nominations. You've got The Irishman, actually by Martin Scorsese with ten nominations, and you've got 1917, a Sam Mendes war film with ten nominations as well. It's like it's about the most predictably Oscarsy list you could have come up with. Um, but it is genuinely, you know, it's only the second time that a a superhero, in inverted commas, uh, it's not the only time that a comic book movie's been, been nominated for Best Picture, because I'm sure Road to Perdition was, wasn't it? Did it even win Road to Perdition? Your guess is as good as mine. I'm quickly Googling it. I pay very we little attention to the Oscars. The podcast. That's a Sam Mendes film. Uh, no, it didn't uh, win Best Picture, but uh, what was it nominated? It was nominated for Supporting Actor, Production Design Score, Mixing Editing. It wasn't nominated for Best Picture, but it did quite well anyway. Anyway, um, it's so, yeah, uh, this isn't the first time that it's happened because it happened with Black Panther last year. Um, but, like, the fact that it's been nominated for Best Film and Best Director and Best Actor and Best Adapted Screenplay... Uh, along with various technical awards, with like some of which, you know, like like I genuinely do think it's got really good cinematography and production design. I, I've got no quibble with it being nominated for some of those awards. Yeah. Um, I, I I would love to uh, just just get Caroline back on the podcast just for her to react to the idea of a film set in the seventies whose plot is based around a viral video being nominated for best screenplay. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to go over it again. It's not fun for anybody to hear us who don't like Joker talking about it and being annoyed about it getting nominated, but it is worth marking. And as much as I don't like the film, it's, you know, did we think a few years ago when we started this podcast that 
in 2020 we'd be talking about a film based on a DC Comics character leading <laughs> the Oscar nominations. Well, being nominated for a award, full stop, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but you know, actually being the top film at the Oscar nominations, that is quite a surprise. It might win Best Picture. It really might. Listen, if it wins Best Picture, I'm leaving the planet. So that might Got be that incentive for now. some people. Yeah. Academy voters. You actually know an Academy voter. So, you know. I do. And she. I don't believe she is voting for Joker. No. Although I don't want to make any assumptions. Uh, I say you actually know. I know her as well. But it's just, you know, I, I've got no dog in the fight. So if she wants to vote to get you booted off the planet, there we go. Um, yeah. So so well done to Joker and well done to Endgame, which probably won't win visual effects. I, I do think there's going to be an irony in that the Irishman is going to win best visual effects uh, for doing something that the Marvel films basically perfected and handed over to him. <laughs> Uh, look at that, straight into 2020 and still talking about Martin Scorsese. Um, okay, there's one more bit of news to cover, which is... Well, actually, well, okay, so there's two things that people have been talking about, but there's one bit of news in inverted commas that we're not actually going to cover, but I'm going to mention it in case people wonder why we haven't covered it. Um, it is being reported in some places that the Hawkeye TV show has been indefinitely postponed. Uh, it was then reported in some other places, which actually I think are connected to some of the places that were reporting the first story, that it isn't. Uh, this is one of these where uh, I think we, we were talking about this and it's quite, it's quite an easy story to run to say that something has been kind of delayed or postponed because even if it ends up happening, it's hard to prove wrong that your story was was wrong in the first place. You know, it's sort of... Um, it, they're the kind of spurious story that you can that you can pull out, and then situations can change. So you can say, "Well, our story wasn't wrong at the time that we published it." Um, the thing about these stories about Hawkeye, and and they sort of some of them go into sort of possible reasons and to do with some allegations about Jeremy Renner that might be reasons why Disney have, have got cold feet over it. The thing is, is that these come from websites which are not particularly reputable. Um, some of them are just sites that are just not very reputable and kind of report nonsense a lot of the time there's a i've seen at least one place reporting this that is actually that is basically a comics gator website um and yeah it was uh, cosmic book news uh was one of the places that i saw that this had come from so um i've got like no interest in actually indulging that until it comes from a remotely reputable source, basically. Um, so the Hawkeye show might have been delayed, but but I don't think that the people who are reporting this necessarily know what they're talking about at the moment. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that one. Uh, actual news that is actually genuine, because the person himself tweeted about it. Um, Scott Derrickson is no longer the director of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And... I'd say this one's a bit of a shocker because of the films that sort of, you know, are kind of tied to a particular creative person. I mean, this is up there with Guardians and James Gunn and Thor and Taika Waititi in terms of, you know, this guy seemed pretty solidly in there and had made his mark with the film and, and was responsible for the direction of where the films were going. Uh, there was so much talk when Multiverse of Badness was announced that it was going to be this kind of slightly horror-y uh, take and, and more so than a Marvel film had been before. 
Uh, I think that's the speculation is therefore that maybe the creative differences that that Derrickson alludes to um, as being the reason why he's departed could well be based around that and maybe Marvel got cold feet about going as horrory as he wanted to. Yeah, I have a sort of loose theory that they were basically thinking of trying to make Doctor Strange sort of the new Tony Stark in mm. the Marvel Universe in that he'll be sort of the the elder figure who is kind of snarky and sets the direction for the story. And they saw maybe what Derrickson was doing in terms of making this sort of atypical and weird and went, mm, we need it to be a bit more like a Marvel movie. Mm. The fact that he's staying on as a producer suggests maybe it's not that uh, acrimonious. Yeah, that that at least is encouraging that it's not a sort of it's definitely not a bridge burning. Um, yeah, but even so, it seems weird that if if it's amicable enough that he's remaining as EP, why could they not agree on which approach to take? Um, but yeah, it, it it leaves this one in a in a weird kind of limbo. You might say in a multiverse of madness. Um, so at this point, and this, you know, as often happens with this podcast, this may well have changed by the time we come to release this episode after recording it, because things do often move quickly. Um, but at the moment, this film doesn't have a director. I mean, it's a way off. It's not. It's not due out until May 2021. So uh, it's not like anything had started in the way of shooting or anything like that. Uh, it's apparently not. According to Variety, it's not going to go into production until May. So. Um, I wouldn't expect a pretty instantaneous announcement on who will take over. Um, I would expect that it's not likely to be somebody known for a kind of a very distinctive approach because presumably that's why it's no longer Derrickson in the first place. Um, But who knows, really? And, you know, the last time this happened, we got Peyton Reed on Ant-Man, which actually kind of worked out quite well. So... Has there been one at Marvel since then? Um, no. And the no, last time it happened so. at DC, we got Justice League, which pleased nobody. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It feels like this is happening early enough that it's not going to yeah. really upset the movie too badly. No, I, mean, I, 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 yeah, I think we'll, you know, the the production in terms of smoothness of production, you would anticipate will go as smoothly as it was going to, possibly more so if there's not going to be that conflict. I do think it means that whatever we end up getting is probably going to be a quite different film from what we were all expecting back when it was announced. Yeah. But then we, we're kind of not expecting to know much about this until uh, WandaVision comes out, so... Uh, maybe when that does, maybe we'll get a bit, a bit more of a, a hint as to the as to the direction. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I mean, what uh, what do you think about the sort of the direction of the Doctor Strange films? And um, were you kind of excited about the horrory direction or the implied horrory direction of multiverse? I mean, I. I didn't love the first Doctor Strange, so you know I'm not I'm not too sad to see Derrickson not making it. Um, you know I think I think Doctor Strange's best material was in the Avengers movies, so mm. 
I mean, that's true of Spider-Man as well. And in that sense, it just proves how sort of versatile these characters and actors are and that you can stick them in other movies and they still work. So in that sense, I think we'll probably end up with something that's like, good, you know, we're going to see Cumberbatch doing his Doctor Strange thing. He's kind of nailed it now. Mm. Happy for that to happen in any sort of film. Um, And yeah. By comparison, not especially bothered that Derrickson isn't making a follow-up to, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be harsh. It was, <laughs> Doctor Strange was fine, but he is less essential to Doctor Strange than Benedict Cumberbatch is, for example. Yeah. So, you know. I suppose if Benedict Cumberbatch left, they could always try and get Robert Downey Jr. So. <laughs> yeah. So yes, uh, Scott Derrickson, no longer doing Doctor Strange 2, maybe give it Peyton Reed till the end of the season. <laughs> um, I think that is about it for major news. So uh, by the time you hear this, no doubt loads of other stuff will have come out and we'll get around to catching up on it on our next main episode, uh, which we can reveal, I think, that we have decided that we're opening 2020 with an all-time classic, 1987's Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. A film that I own oh on VHS, signed by Mac McDonald. So <laughs> I will look forward to talking about that one. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, it's I, I can't believe we managed to get through the whole of last year without doing the next Superman film. So uh, that's uh, why we're, we're correcting that, that oversight. Thing. Yeah, uh, and then we'll have to try and find something good to do. So yeah, <laughs> and then it'll be Birds of Prey. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, so. Uh, thanks as ever for listening uh, you can find more episodes as you probably know at cinematicuniverse.com you can back us at patreon.com slash cinematicuniverse you can buy our stuff on Redbubble uh, you can leave us a rating or review if you think we deserve to still be boosted up the rankings in any way um, and we will see you yep, in a week or so's time with our next episode probably slightly longer than a week but shouldn't say that on the episode <laughs> <laughs> leave it in leave it in it's fine people love the process they do yes little little how the sausage is made uh yep so goodbye goodbye <laughs>